Good morning, everyone. It's good to have you here this morning. I'm going to start this morning with a little experiment. I, I don't know if this is fake news, but I heard that it takes uh, that the plant to stay in the soil and the nutrients of the soil to stay alive. But I don't know. There's so much fake news these days. I, I'm just going to leave this out. We'll get back to it a little bit later. I, I think it's going to be okay. Well, we've been uh, dealing with this issue of uh, spiritual birth. We first sermon we launched out with a conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus in John chapter 3, where Jesus really expressed the necessity of being born again, where he says, Do not be amazed that I say unto you, you must be born again. And again, this phrase, born again, it's, Jesus is not talking about adopting a philosophy or embracing a morality or even identifying with a particular religious sect. What Jesus is talking about is the supernatural work of God in a person's heart where, that brings that person to saving faith in Jesus Christ. This issue of being born again. Now, as we saw, Nicodemus had difficulty in understanding because he was so fixated on natural birth. So Jesus separates natural birth and spiritual point, birth to make a point. And Jesus says, now, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That's natural birth. And that is born of spirit is spirit. That's spiritual birth. In essence, the point that Jesus is making is as certain as you know that you have been born. How many here know that you've been born? All right, good. More than last week, so you came to a reality. All right. As certain as you know that you have been born physically, you need to have that type of certainty when it comes to being born spiritually. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed when I say unto you, you must be born again. Now, last week we looked at complications that can occur after spiritual birth. We saw that sometimes we allow the comforts in our lives to take us away from Christ. We, we actually will use stages in our lives and maybe the difficulties that we have during those stages to, to drive us away from truly following Christ. And sometimes even relationships that drive us away from following Christ. And what we need to do is really become focused in realizing that our comforts and our stages of life and even our relationships should all be things that we use to glorify God in our lives as we follow Jesus. Now this morning we're going to look at the issue of growth after spiritual birth. Today's sermon is actually a transition into our next series where we'll be looking at stages of spiritual growth starting next week. Our text this morning is found in 1 John chapter 2 where the apostle outlines that three stages in our growth in Christ. That we begin as being little children or babes in Christ and then we progress in becoming young men our adolescence in Christ, and then eventually we become spiritual fathers, fathers of the faith. And in the weeks to come, we're going to look at each one of these stages in depth, and we're going to ask the Lord to examine our hearts as we really seek to, to really glorify God in each stage that we find ourselves in. This morning what I'm doing is I'm speaking against complacent Christianity. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to snap us out of sluggish spirituality. Well, let's look at the text this morning from 1 John chapter 2. 
Hear now the word of God. I'm writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven you for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I'm writing to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. That finishes the reading of God's holy and inspired word. Again, it's clear that the apostle identifies as three simple stages within the Christian life. Little children, young men, and fathers. And then he gives some characteristics that are to be seen in each one of those stages. Little children, they know that their sins have been forgiven. And they have a, raw, a, a strong sense of adoption because God has truly become their father. And so they begin to walk out their Christian life and practicing righteousness. Young men are those who have grown out of the baby stage and are now ready to defend the faith. They're ready to go to battle, if you would. They are spiritually strong. They abide in God's word and they overcome the evil one. And of course, the natural progression would be that these young men in Christ would grow into become fathers in the faith. Fathers in the faith are, of course, they're reproducers, they're nurturers, and they provide wisdom and maturity and stability within, uh, within the, the church and within the Christian life. These fathers, well, they emulate God the Father to us. And so the apostle characterizes them as those who have known him who has been from the beginning. Emphasizing that they have a confidence in God's sovereignty in all things. They have known him who has been from the beginning. So, of course, the question is, is which stage would you classify yourself in? A little child, a babe in Christ, a young man, or a father in the faith? Now, it seems that the same way that a child grows and develops, so we are to grow after our spiritual birth. And growth after our spiritual birth is something that is assumed in the same way that you have with your children. You assume that they're going to grow from an infant into an adolescent into an adult where at 35 or 40 years old they actually leave the house. Did you see that this last week? Uh, 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 the parents actually had to sue their 30-year-old son uh, to, to get him out. They gave him a year's notice and $17,000, and he still wouldn't leave the house. And he countersued, uh, saying that they didn't give him enough time. <laughs> there you go. I don't think that guy is progressing the way that you should be progressing. The fact is, is there's a couple places in the Bible where it tells us that our, basically our spiritual growth has been stunted. And it tells us why our spiritual growth has been stunted. The writer of the book of Hebrews, he is writing through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and he's attempting 
to share with his readers the great truth on how Christ is the, the high priest, the real high priest, according to Melchizedek. And he's really wanting to dive into this, but then he abruptly stops that teaching and writes this. Concerning him, we have much to say, and it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who practices, everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, whom because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Now, what I sense here is that the writer of Hebrews is having what I'm calling apostolic frustration. <laughs> I, can, I, I, I know I, I have pastoral frustration sometimes, but apostolic frustration because he really wants to share the truth of God's word. He wants to reveal to them using the, 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 the Melchizedek found in the book of Genesis as the original uh, great high priest and he wants to show how Jesus is the fulfillment of that. He has all these biblical and spiritual truths that he wants to share with his readers, but he can't. So he just stops. The fact is, is his readers have stunted their spiritual growth. And he's frustrated. They had become dull of hearing. They were not willing to pursue deeper biblical knowledge. And they only wanted to drink milk, the milk of God's word. Now, I want you to notice that their dullness of hearing wasn't their original condition. Most babes in Christ, most new believers are really excited about learning God's word and gaining as much knowledge as they can. They're, they're, they just really want to get it all. They want it all and everything and every sermon, and every Bible study, light bulbs are going off and they're so excited about it. But then there comes a time where they become dull of hearing. They develop selective hearing. Barbara says that I've developed this when it comes to our relationship. <laughs> Selective hearing. Uh, I don't think it's true. I, 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 don't, even, I don't even listen to that. <laughs> the, the fact is that these Christians had purposely turned their ears away from the truth. They, 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 become, they just really didn't care, if you would. A sense of complacency. A sense of sluggishness. And instead of being excited about God's word as they were at the beginning of their walk in Christ, now it's like, oh, yeah, whatever. People like this often accumulate to themselves teachers to their own delight. They often will settle for, if you would, the, the gospel light of God's word and never really going deep and dealing with Issues of scriptural and theological content. It, it, it seems that 
these people were content with the elementary doctrines of the church. And even for some of them, they've kind of forgotten those. They've become so dull. They, they just wanted spiritual milk. They, they, they didn't want the meat of God's word. So, the writer of Hebrews had this apostolic frustration. The Apostle Paul, he expresses this same apostolic frustration with the Christians at Corinth when he writes, Brethren, I could not speak to you as spiritual men, but as men of, of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I gave you milk to drink and not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. He's frustrated. He, he really wants to deal with them and talk with them and address them as, as mature believers. But they just haven't developed. They've stunted their spiritual growth. And in the case of the Corinthians, it was because of these issues of divisive and divisive and, and talking behind people's backs and slandering and all sorts of stuff. And Paul's like, you should, you should be way beyond this. Now, as I've said a thousand times, there's nothing wrong with being a babe in Christ. But there's something wrong in staying a babe in Christ. We all begin as infants, or as the apostle says, little children. But in the same way that it would be weird that your child doesn't grow, in the same way that would be considered abnormal, so we should consider it also within our own spiritual lives. That if we're not growing, if we're not progressing, that should be something that we consider to be abnormal and not healthy. Now, we see that neither the writer of Hebrews nor the Apostle Paul would allow their apostolic frustration from hindering them to calling people to strive for spiritual growth. The writer of Hebrews, right after the portion of scripture that I read for you, he writes this, let us press on to maturity. Now, notice he puts himself into the text. Let us press on to maturity. He didn't say you guys need to grow up. He says, let's grow up together. Let us grow on to maturity. This should be the goal and the purpose of every believer to press on to maturity. It doesn't matter what stage of Christian life that you're in, a little child, a young man, or a father in the faith. The idea is that let us press on to maturity. But the fact is, is that we can become sloppy. We can become sluggish. And we often need opportunities to be able to kind of like reevaluate ourselves, most particularly to allow the Holy Spirit to reevaluate us and to get us right back on the right track. It seems to me that this was the goal of the writer of Hebrews, and this is my goal for us this morning. It might be a little bit weird because we're going into the summer months and where the Bible studies are shutting down and things like that. But the fact is, is that you don't need to sleep and slumber during the summer. You need to press on for maturity. I found this, I thought it was really great. The idea of, 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 of as we grow 
in our bodies as we grow physically, so we are to grow spiritually. And, and this author put it like this. So it's, to grow, we need to eat. So we need to consume God's word. To grow, we need to breathe. And to breathe as a Christian is to, is to be active in our prayer lives, is prayer. To grow, we need, he called it spiritual hygiene. I thought that was kind of unique. Spiritual hygiene. And, and he really addressed this whole idea of having spiritual hygiene as confessing sin. He says we, we need to grow. To grow, we need a, a caring family. And of course, it's this fellowship amongst God's people. To grow, we need uh, regular exercise, which he identifies as Christian service. To grow, we need to protect ourselves. And, and so he really focuses in on the idea of guarding against temptations within our lives. And then he concludes with growing, we need to give. And he's talking about how we are to, to really uh, guard our stewardship. The, the author does this all with the understanding of what the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Ephesians when he says, No longer be children, but grow up in all aspects unto Christ. So he goes through these things saying if we really want to grow up into all aspects of Christ, then we need to be engaging in God's word, praying, confessing our sins, being in fellowship with one another, serving God and his church, guarding ourselves against temptation, and growing in our stewardship. He's saying grow up in all aspects, no longer being a child, but growing in all ways. And the Apostle Peter, he actually focuses in on this when he encourages his readers when he says, continue to grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior Jesus Christ. Continue to grow in grace and knowledge of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I think the reason why the emphasis here is on continue is because we all have the tendency to neglect. We all have the tendency, we might start out good, but then we begin to neglect. And so we need to really have these opportunities where we can refocus so that we can continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we just need a reboot. And I, hopefully that's what's happening here today. Like the new believers on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, Peter is encouraging us that we would continually devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. Notice, continually devoting ourselves to continue to grow in Christ often takes us a time to reevaluate what we're doing. Let me just give you some suggestions. Maybe what you should do is you should say to the Lord, I will read one psalm a day as I eat my breakfast. Maybe that's where you're at. But you're going to say, no, I'm going to start reading one psalm a day when I eat my breakfast. No psalm, no breakfast. Maybe that'll get your attention. Also, there, there's just 101 different you know, devotional books. This is one that I used years ago. 
it's probably not even published anymore. But basically, they, they, I mean, it's just they've, they've cut up, they cut, they've cut up the, 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 the stake for you. The only thing you got to do is go to the calendar date and then read it. Having a devotional. If you need help in choosing a devotional, then I'm here to help you. But you need to grow after your spiritual birth. You need to strive to grow spiritually. And there's all sorts of resources for you to do that. But why is it that we seem to neglect instead of implement? Also, there, you can, here's another. I will listen to the Bible as I drive to work. Now, today, as I've said before, is that you don't have a, I mean, it's on your phone, for goodness sake. You can put it on your, on your, on your stereo in your car. And so, uh, as I drive to work, I'm going to listen to the Word of God. I'm going to make that commitment. I'm going to start doing that every day as I drive to work. Or you might say, I'm going to, you know, I've never really put myself to memorizing Scripture. So, I'm going to make a commitment that I'm going to memorize one scripture a week or one, uh, you know, two scriptures a week, whatever it is. But I'm really neat. I really want to start embedding the word of God into my heart and into my mind. Here, here's a suggestion. I'm going to ask a mature believer that I know to meet with me once a week or once every other week and go through a Bible study together. I, I just, I'm just not going to do it on my own. I, I know myself enough that I know I need somebody else's help. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask a, a mature believer to meet with me you know, once or twice, uh, 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 once a week or once every two weeks. And we're going to go through a Bible study. This is a Bible study we used a, a long time ago. All right. So uh, uh, it's, it's an easy way just to get the basic tenets of the faith. It's, it's really, it's very simple to do. Greg and I went through this. I tried to get him to do it again the other day. But anyway, um, my memory is not as good. I had a senior moment. I forgot that he and I are, actually did that. Uh, maybe you don't know the Bible. You, you just like, man, you know, I'm just tired. I don't, you know, they had like books like this. Is a, this they have a new cover, though. But 30 days to understand the Bible. 30 days, and it has like little self-tests -test, and reviews, and 30 days to understand the Bible. You say, Man, I'm going to do that. I'm going to strive for spiritual growth. There are so many tools and resources. Any way that I can help you in that way, I, I'm here for you. You can call me, you can text me, you can send me an email. You know, our Bible studies are winding down for the summer, but, you know, getting involved in a Bible study... I think this is one of the best ones here. I'm going to write down my growth objectives, like maybe one of them that I just shared with you. I'm going to write them down on a three by five card, and I'm going to give them to a mature believer, and I'm going to ask that mature believer to keep me accountable. So that I'm going to give that person permission that every time they see me, that they, say, they can say, so how's your scripture memory going? You know, how's your Bible reading going? How's your time with, 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 uh, with your uh, mature brother or sister going? I'm going to give that person permission to, to ask me how I'm doing because I don't trust myself. I, I know I'll fall back. Uh, the Apostle Paul told Timothy, take time and the trouble 
to keep yourself spiritually fit. You have to realize that Timothy is a pastor when Paul is writing this. Timothy is a pastor. And the Apostle Paul is saying to the pastor, take the time and trouble to be spiritually fit. See, it doesn't matter what stage you're at. It, the, the, we all have the same challenge. And the, often we don't want to take the time and the trouble to stay spiritually fit. Just like not being, if you don't exercise, you're not going to be spiritually fit. The same way if you don't introduce the, the means of grace or the means of growth in your life, you're not going to be spiritually fit. You know, what's the, how, what's the commercial say? A body in motion stays in motion. And that's what we have to do, not only physically, but spiritually. Almost every morning I exercise. We've dedicated one of the rooms upstairs to an exercise room. We actually call it the Kelso Hall of Fame. I have all the memorabilia from my glory days and my boys up there. And, and um, so... Uh, almost every morning, Monday, and, Monday through Friday, I climb up those stairs at 6.30 to sit my butt down on a rowing machine. And in the next 30 minutes, I'm rowing four miles. Now, to row four miles in 30 minutes is a pretty aggressive pace. But um, that's, that's what I do. And then after that, I lift a few weights and do a few sit-ups and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but let me just tell you all, I hate exercising in the morning. I hate it. Almost my whole life I've been able to exercise in the afternoons, but it just doesn't seem to fit my schedule anymore. I hate exercising in the morning. Every morning as I'm drinking my cup of coffee and watching the news on my recliner, I'm, my, I'm having this war within myself. Are you going to go up and work out this morning? No, you deserve a break today. Oh, but are you going to get fat? Well, I'm already fat. What's the matter? You know? <laughs> but I haul myself up. I drag myself up those stairs. Sit down on that rowing machine. And guess what? After I do it, I feel so much better. I'm so glad I did. And so it is spiritually. You're going to read your Bible today? Oh, I don't know. You know I, I think I know enough already. Are, are, you, are you going to have your... Uh, no Bible, no breakfast. Okay. Listen, if we don't go to the spiritual gym, we're not going to stay spiritually fit. It just doesn't work. We have to really strive to, be, to grow spiritually, no matter what stage you're in. Well, let's go back to the plant here. He doesn't look that bad now. But let's just say that we, we left this guy out for the next week. What if he came back next week? What, what, do, you, what do you think this guy would look like then? Yeah, he, he wouldn't be looking all that good. Because we've taken him out of the nurturing and the water and the, the food We've taken him out of the environment that has been ordained that he would grow and flourish. And the, the problem is, is that this is where we live a lot of times. Outside of God's means of growth. And so what people do is they, they'll, they'll, on 
you know, an hour or two on Sunday, they'll put themselves back into the pot. They'll, they'll get and, they'll, uh, and then on Monday, Monday through Saturday, nothing. Then Sunday morning, back into the pot. And then on Monday, I mean, this guy is getting all sorts of beat up. Why? Because he's starving himself spiritually. And this is what happens to us. No, no wonder we're struggling in different areas of our Christian life. Because we've taken ourselves out of the means of growth. We, we, we have neglected the word of God and prayer and confession and fellowship and service. We've neglected those things that I talked about earlier uh, until it comes to you know, a couple hours on Sunday morning. And what I'm just saying, in the same way this plant is not going to survive that, in the same way, spiritually, we can't survive that. We're starving ourselves spiritually. And I want to challenge you this morning to stop it. To allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. First of all, what stage are you in your spiritual growth? And what is it that you can do? I mean, listen, you, you, know, you don't start training for a marathon by going out tomorrow and running 23 point whatever miles it is. You start with steps, short steps. No Bible, no breakfast. I'm going to get a devotional. I'm going to, I'm going to ask a, an older brother or sister to mentor me, to disciple me. I'm going to go a step higher, a step deeper than what I've gone before. Well, this morning, sermon is very practical because I think the We have the tendency, especially during the summer months, to become very sluggish in our spirituality. And we need to reevaluate our growth pattern in the Lord. Don't allow time to lapse without you really considering how you can grow in the knowledge of Christ. As I conclude this morning, I, I first of all want to challenge you to embrace Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life. I want you to embrace the fact that God's speaking to you about your need for forgiveness of sins. How God is speaking to you, how he's really drawing you to himself so you could be a child of God, safe and secure in the arms of God through the merit of his son, our Lord Jesus. This Memorial Day weekend would be the, one of the best weekends for you to surrender your life to the Lord. On the weekend that we commemorate those who have given their lives for us, now you can spiritually commemorate the one who gave his life for you. For at the right time, When we are helpless, Christ died for the ungodly. One will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone might dare to die. 
But God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ, Christ Jesus, is the pinnacle of Memorial Day. I also want to challenge you today to stop and stay away from those things that are stunting your spiritual growth. I want to challenge you to strive to grow spiritually and to to stop starving yourself. I, I really would desire for each one of us to go from this place saying, this is what I'm going to do starting today. And I'm, going to, I'm so sincere about this, I'm going to tell someone else so that I can maintain accountability. There's a verse at the conclusion of the birth narratives in the book of Luke that reads, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. Now, Jesus, of course, had a divine nature, but he also had a human nature, if you would. Uh, he became man. And he became man, and he had to give himself over to, if you would, our way of living. So Jesus became an example for us, not only in death, but in life. And it says here that Jesus kept on increasing in wisdom. And that's what I'm challenging you, that you would keep on increasing in wisdom, that you would keep on increasing in the favor with God in fellowship with him. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, we come to you today thanking you on this Memorial Day weekend that we can glory in the one who gave his life for us so that we would be free. Thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice for us, your willingness to die for us. Lord, we thank you for you memorializing the grace of God by by giving yourself to death, even death on the cross. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Claim me as a child of God. And as your children, Lord, we come to you today desiring to grow in you. Lord, we apologize for the things that we've done that have stunted our spiritual growth. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit be poured out upon us, that we'd have this, this divine sense of this striving after spiritual growth. Lord, help us, help me to implement practical things into my life so that I can truly grow in the grace and the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Minister to us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.